Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in Three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, where your hosts, Amber and Jenna. Say hi, Jenna. Come on. Uh, hi. Hi, <laughs> Jenna. You were so cute. I love it. Today, we are discussing how the unwanted outcome can still be perfect, something Jenna knows a lot about. Thank Sadly. you so much. <laughs> no, it's great. It, it all turns out, oops, bing, sorry about that. Very unprofessional. Um, it all turns out perfectly as we're about to discover. Mm-hmm. So Jenna, do you want to um, hit us with your definition? Okay. So this was my definition of how the unwanted outcome can still be perfect. Here in this dimension, which I also say call at earth school, everything is a test and a lesson. We often have a clear idea of what our ego wants in any given situation, so we can become very attached to outcome. But through radical trust in God slash the universe, we can have our hearts and eyes open to the fact that sometimes the unwanted outcome can be our true destiny and that which actually puts us on the right path to achieve all the things we have in our hearts. I believe that with all my heart. Well, and I have to say, like, on this journey that we're going to talk about now, um, Amber, like, you have demonstrated that to me so many times, and it's really been an inspiration to me on my path. So thank you. Oh, absolute pleasure. <laughs> I don't know if it's a coping mechanism <laughs> or if it's just like this, you know, serious trust. You know, where it comes from is having um, some hindsight, being able to step back on the journey and look back and go, oh my gosh, now I get why that happened. Now I see that it's perfect. It's so hard to see when it's happening to you as you're going to take us through. But in hindsight, um, it's really great to reflect and look back and connect all the dots and realize that everything's exactly as it should be. It helps you have faith and trust in those moments that are really dark and hard to see your way through. Mm -hmm. So Jenna, tell us all about what happened recently and how this so-called breakdown has given you the opportunity to learn this lesson directly, how the unwanted outcome can still be perfect. Um, Yes. Okay. So I guess I should just start at the beginning, which is that I did unexpectedly find out on January 14th of this year that I was pregnant. And this was very unexpected because Jesse and I was were completely sure that we were done with our two and we were happy we got our girl and our boy. You know, pregnancy, birth, and uh, parenting has really not been that easy, you know, because some of the approaches that we've taken are, are rather radical, such as like, you know, birthing at home with no anesthetic and things that, you know, we could have probably done it easier if we had just gone to the hospital and gotten the epidural and it would have been less traumatizing. But some of the choices that we did make, like made it so challenging for us that we were so sure that we were done. And, um, 
And so we actually found out that by ser- a serious miracle against all odds situation, um, we are pregnant. And uh, at first, we didn't know what to make of it because we were so sure that this was this this was not what we wanted. But then we were confronted with it, and um, and you know, before I have to just also say that before I found out I was pregnant, a lot of sort of weird stuff happened. Um, like one very weird incident, which I'll tell you because I I don't know if it has anything to do with this, but. Um, my cat, my kitten actually got like this disease that was uh, not compatible with life. So he was going to have to be put down. And I took him to the vet that day and I stayed with him when they were going to, you know, put him down. And um, so they told me they were going to inject an anesthetic and then they were going to inject this, you know, drug that stops his heart. And basically, um, this was like two days before I found out I was pregnant. Um, Basically, what happened is in a weird freak accident, when the doctor went to administer the drug into his IV that would stop his heart, it somehow shot out of her syringe and into my eyeballs. Okay. Both of my eyeballs. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's only so crazy. Jenna. It's so only Jenna Penrose. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I'm completely blind. I can't see. Any- I'm blinded. I'm holding what I presume is my dead cat, but I can't see at this point. <laughs> it was literally as the- as his soul left his physical body. It was like this leapt into my eyeballs. All of the nurses are screaming. She, she has she the death has- serum yeah. in her eyeball. They're-, they're literally screaming. She has fatal plus. That's what it's called. Fatal plus. She has fatal plus in her eyeballs. And I have to go do like the the station where you wash out your eyeballs that you see at, during chemistry class, which you really hope you never have to use. And I thought I was going to make it through my whole life without having to use that. But I was wrong. And, oh, my um, God. Where is this Jenna reality TV show when we need it? Seriously, you're going to oh. have to reenact all of this one day. It's so funny is because, yeah, it just makes it makes for a great story. Even as it was happening to me during the five long minutes that I had to wash out my eyeballs for um, as this was You're happening. Like, this is good material. I was like, this is good material. This. this is good material because um, it's just so crazy. I mean, it's one of those things where if it happens in a book or a movie, you're like, that would never happen in real life. But it, this is like real life. OK, clearly so, they don't know you. Here my cat is now gone i'm completely soaked <laughs> from head to do you toe. think it was so sorry what was the kitten's name it was parker do you think it was parker's spirit just Maybe. effing with you a bit it could have been it could have been like it was so much directly like at the moment that his soul <laughs> left his body that it's almost as if his soul like left it left his body and kicked it like this into my eyes um that's really how it felt <clears throat> But so I had that fatal plus go into my eyeballs, like, and this is during early pregnancy. Also, during early pregnancy, before I found out I was pregnant, I have this um, new infrared sauna in my house that we got for Christmas present for ourselves. And so I'd been like infrared saunaing a lot, a lot. And apparently that's bad if for a developing fetus. Um, so anyway, those two things happen. Then that weekend, it's actually my birthday weekend, and we were going to go drop off our kids at my brother's house. And on the afterwards, I just say to Jesse, I say, Jesse, you know, I am like craving me- melon right now, like specifically honeydew melon. Like I need melon now. And he was like, hmm, you need melon? Like, are you sure you're not pregnant? Now, when he says that, I think <gasps> to myself, 
I said, I was like, oh gosh, no. Like I, it was completely outside of the realm of possibility for me to even think I was pregnant. So I was like, no, no, of course I'm not pregnant. I just want some melon. Even if I was pregnant, the fatal plus probably killed the baby. That's what I said, right? So then the next day or two days after this, I, we wake up and it's, um, you know, and my cycle is late. And usually my cycle at this point, like it's now like three days late and it's mine is very, very like kind of regular. So I was like, hmm, you know, I was craving the melon and, you know, Jesse did say that. And the way he said it, it was like, I don't know. It was like he really thought I was pregnant or something. So I, was, I happened to have these old pregnancy test strips and they were expired. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to. I'm just going to take a test. And that morning it was all, it was the one day where it had snowed a lot overnight. And so I woke up and everything was like covered in snow and I just take this pregnancy test and it comes out positive. And okay. Hold on a second. Yeah. In that moment, was there any possibility in your mind of seeing it come out positive no. or you were just like, oh, this is just a fun little yeah. gag just to entertain Jesse's suspicion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was more, it was completely just that. It was not, I, I thought there was 0% chance I'd be pregnant. And what was the initial feeling in that moment in your body? It was, and you know, it's, it's, it was shocking to me, my initial feeling, because before when I had been pregnant with my other two children, I was so genuinely overjoyed to see the positive. Like there could not have been a more joyful thing to see. But when I saw this positive, I was not overjoyed. I was confused and I didn't know what to make of it. I couldn't believe it. I I, I, I was in a, a thorough state of shock. Like I, I just couldn't compute in my mind that it had come out positive. Wow. When you told me, I, I felt that as well. I initially put myself in your shoes and I nearly vomited up a little bit in my mouth, like just <laughs> something like you just that. gone through like <laughs> childbirth. Oh my I God. mean, yeah, um, but just right something that huge to happen to you without you consciously choosing it. it in. And yeah. yeah, well, you clearly called it in on some level. Well, on some level. Well, and we'll get to all that, you know, but yeah. like, I just think, yeah, because for my other kids, I felt like I worked hard to get them. I worked hard, like uh, philosophically and ideologically and manifestationally. Like I really, really tried to to have them and wanted them and really needed them. And and so when they were born, it was like a great triumph, you know. But this was just so unexpected, not what I had asked for. You like exactly what you said. Like my life taking this turn that I had not expected at all, and now is going to change everything. And when I projected and when I calculated the due date. It was very close. It was actually like Winnie's birthday or something. It was Whoa. like, yeah, it was like September 17th. Oh, her little kindred spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also very close to Milo's birthday. But even just thinking about me having a baby in September, I was like, it just didn't never compute it. I, I could never get my arms around it that that was actually going to happen. And another thing was I had just, you know, it was just the New Year's, like after New Year's and I had all these New Year's resolutions. I was going to the Y every single day after I dropped the kids off for school for, yeah, and doing my Zumba classes and doing my- You and all your geriatric and buddies. all my geriatric <laughs> friends between 85 and so I'd say six, 75, maybe 65, I can't tell, but 65 to like 95 year old Cute. people and me. Yeah. At the Y, like Zumba like to the max. Okay. Like that is what I was doing every morning. And I was so excited about it. And I had never really been that fit in my life physically. 
Um, so I really was like so excited about my fitness journey that I had just started. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> <laughs> the ripe old age of um 30 something which we won't mention but okay I had, I, yeah and I want to know did, did you call Jesse straight no, away I told Jesse he was home and what do you say step us through it so he was not that happy uh he wasn't unhappy he was actually less freaked out than I thought he was going to be because he really was done with with two kids especially because his dad had indoctrinated him with the fact that if you have more than two kids you're socially irresponsible because you know overpopulation and you're only supposed to replace yourself and anything more than that is just a burden upon the planet ouch yeah. So Jesse, Jesse thought that. And so we were good. We had our boy and our girl. Uh, he was actually kind of open to it, but we didn't know, like we couldn't, we really couldn't compute. And he, he, uh, but in the end, after like the first day, like he was not that into it, I felt. And he was, he was not really wanting to even keep the baby sometimes. And it, it was really quite difficult for me because, um, I, I was pretty sure like I, this was a miracle and I wanted to protect this miracle like at all costs kind of thing. Uh, and so he did come around to that, but it took a while. And honestly, we got into a lot of like fights and arguments, disagreements during that first couple of weeks about um, around a lot of the resentments that both of us were holding from our experience with our other kids and have the birth. And like for me, for example, feeling resentment around him not being able to support me in a way that was helpful when I was birthing or just after in my postpartum period or not feeling supported uh, in all those things where I thought that now I'm never going to be confronted with having to be pregnant or birth or postpartum again. So I was just kind of like not paying attention to that and not like... um resolving that, just thinking that was in the past and I just had to get over it. But I still had these deeper resentments, which were then coming up around the new pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Nothing yeah. else is going to bring that up like another pregnancy. Yeah. And so, you know, it was contentious there for a couple of weeks, but we were able to like really move through that. I know that one thing I do love about Jesse is that he's always down to evolve. Like he does want to evolve and so do I. So we were both, you know, even through after like sort of it calmed down and we, we really wanted to take this in stride and see why this was meant for us. Uh, and so we embraced it, you know, after a couple of weeks and, um, and just, started to work through all of the issues that, that were, that I was having, um, around, you know, birthing again. And if I wanted to go to just go to the hospital and schedule the C-section just cause I couldn't face the natural birth or if I wanted to face the natural birth again or whatever. So we started to work through all that and, um, we got our insurance sorted, which was quite a feat. We oh, found gosh. out. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I ended up having like this one ultrasound at around seven and a half or eight weeks where they could not tell me for sure that there was a heartbeat. They couldn't tell me there wasn't, but they were like, ah, it's too, because it was like the, the kind of ultrasound they do on, on top of your stomach. So they couldn't like tell me for sure. Uh, so I already felt after that first ultrasound, I was like, mm, I, I was not a hundred percent sure. Like if, I don't know, already at that point, I was kind of like, wondering if it was going to 
be a viable pregnancy. Another thing was I did not have any pregnancy symptoms, which I had so bad with my other kids. Like I was so profoundly morning sick throughout all the day and night for like months and months and months with my daughter and with Milo. It was like, you know, pretty sick too. And just, I, I was never like a happy pregnant person able to do stuff. Well, I, I just, it, it just was quite difficult for me, especially in the first trimester when I was pregnant with my other ones. And with this one, I just felt so much energy and I felt so like able to keep exercising and keep doing my Zumba classes and um, not, no morning sickness, like so little pregnancy symptoms. And then at about nine and a half weeks, I went to the midwife and they did the Doppler and they couldn't confirm a heartbeat. She was like, I think hmm. I hear something, but I'm not sure. And so once again, I was confronted with the possibility that maybe there wasn't a heartbeat and maybe this wasn't a viable pregnancy. And I was also, that felt accentuated in my mind because I just couldn't picture myself having this baby in September. Like I just mm, could never see it. Like I just couldn't, I, I was like looking down at like the nine positive pregnancy tests that I had taken. And I was like this, it says positive, you know, but like, I just can't picture this. Basically. But I have to stop you there just because I know there are going to be some people listening to this who may experience this in the future or have experienced this, but I, I want to, I just want to know when I spoke to you, you had just found out you were a few days into finding out and you were really struggling with the idea of having another child. Oh yeah. You were, you were like not happy, really struggling, not knowing how to handle it. Just like overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, this is not what I want really. Yeah. And yeah. then over the next few weeks in my observation, I spoke to you probably a bit after that, you were still not happy. You didn't want to talk about it. Then another I was week just in or denial. two. I couldn't believe <laughs> totally. it. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand that. And then another week or two went by. And just before you went to go get that test, mm -hmm. I spoke to you and you're like, you know what? I've come to terms with everything and I'm kind of starting to get excited and I'm in a place of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And Jesse's come around and I'm going to do it differently this time. Mm -hmm. and I'm getting a team of help. I've already had a midwife appointment and I'm going to start eating right, this, this, that. And it was, it's interesting to me that in that moment where you let go into it and you relaxed into it and accepted it, that the, the course suddenly changed. Mm -hmm. And it's like the course really changed the most, uh, like at this really pivotal moment. It's so interesting. It's so like clear that is to teach us a lesson and what lesson that was meant to teach us. But uh, you're right. So I was never getting the, but you're totally right about everything you say. Um, so I was not getting the, I, 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 I kind of like, why I'm lucky in this situation that I did have a miscarriage is that a lot of people who have miscarriages like really want the baby, you know, like really want the baby. And it's so tragic for them to lose the baby. And I completely understand, you know, so for me, this was made easier by the fact that I, I, I not, I didn't fully want this baby. I hate to say it, but like, you know, I didn't in the beginning. And, um, and then I had these signs which kind of prepped me along the way for maybe it's not going to be a viable pregnancy and I could never fully picture it. So it was, it, that was made it a lot easier how it all okay, went down. Can, can we talk about that for a second? Because it's such a, you know, having this life 
being implanted in you and growing this new life, which a spirit is going to enter at some point and going to have this whole earth side experience. How, how was your heart and your head? Where was, was there a battle there? Was there, did you feel guilty for not quite wanting the baby? And, and what were your tactics around, um, communicating with the spirit Mm -hmm. and if they wanted to stay or if they, you know, aren't, what was your whole approach um, well, in th- this com- compromising place you're in where you it was happening and you wanted to protect the life, but there was a part of you that didn't quite want it? Totally. I And I do actually carry guilt. I was feeling emotional about this today because I was thinking about in the short time that the spirit was in me, that I was not a very good mother to it because I didn't, you know, give it all the love that I should have been focused on. Instead, I was, I was in fear or thinking about like, do I want this even? And I just wish that I had been more present with the spirit and just said, for as long as you're with me, like just love, 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 love. Like I just love you. I love you. I love you. And I was, and you know, it's never too late. Like I was already giving that love to that spirit today, like today, because when I was thinking about even talking about this on this podcast episode and Yeah. The spirit goes on, you know, like these little souls that dip their toes in for one second and get us pregnant and then leave us within the first trimester or whenever during the pregnancy we lose the baby. It's like, they're very real. They're very real souls and their, their little toes are dipped in and like they're bringing us, um, they're bringing us things and their souls live on past the miscarriage and we can still communicate with them. You know, sometimes they might come back and be our future child, just dipping their toe in a couple of times before they actually jump in, or it could be a different soul. Like, I'm not sure if I have the sense that this soul that was just with me is going to come back. So anyway, to answer your question, as I did, um, you know, kind of focus in on the energy of this child. There was, I could definitely feel life. Like I felt life in my stomach. When I put my hand on my stomach, I could feel life. And, um, and basically what happened was, where was I going with this? Um, Did you communicate with them? Yeah. So, so I just feel like so much felt so much love and joy and just like life force, like, like sun, like a sunflower, um, coming out of this baby when I was like focusing in on it. And, um, just basically this, 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 this being that was in me, I just felt was so good. It was not making me feel sick, which my other beings did make me feel sick. And it was also like, Yeah, it just, it's basically how I felt was that this was like an angel. Like this was an angel that was coming to bless me and to teach me something. And I didn't, I didn't even have the sense that it needed to be born. Like I didn't even have the sense that it needed to be born or that it could even be born at its high vibrational frequency. Maybe it couldn't have even been born into this dense, dense world. It only could like stick its toe in for such a small amount of time to, to teach me. And, and as I started to focus on what it, on it, I started to realize how much it had, it had already taught me and how much like I had already shifted my life just in knowing that I was pregnant. Certain ways that I was parenting Milo and Maisie that I knew had to stop um, if I had got a new baby, if I had a new baby, like they needed to sleep through the nights in their own beds, like that type of thing. Like at, 
sort of like my final cutoff. I, I, I had made all these changes in my life since I had found out I was pregnant. Me and Jesse like really got through a lot of stuff within our relationship that we didn't even know was there and needed to be healed. And it had been brought up. It, it opened both in me and Jesse's hearts to the possibility of having a third child, you mm-hmm. know, like where we were completely, completely closed off to that before. And now it blew our hearts wide open to that. And, um, and so there was mm-hmm. this one night I might cry. So I'm just going to tell you Do now, it. but like there was this one night where, and this was, Okay. So two weeks ago, exactly. I started to bleed a little bit and it was just a little, and I, I didn't know. Cause like, if you Google it, you know, there's lots of reasons why you could be bleeding in pregnancy and it doesn't necessarily and mean you were eight weeks, right? No, when this happened, I was around 10 weeks, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, started bleeding a little and I didn't know what to make of it. And then there was this one day where Jesse and I had finally come to a good place in our week fighting. We were in a good place and Jesse put his hand on my stomach and I put my hand um, over his and we were just like connecting with the baby. And we were like, and we both felt that that was like this moment of like the baby deciding of if it was going to stay or if it was going to go. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we didn't want to impose anything on it. Uh, but we both wanted it to stay in that moment. Mm. And we both had our hands on my belly and we were just telling it like, thank you so, so much love and gratitude, so much love and gratitude. All we felt was just love and gratitude for the fact that this little soul had just come and Mm. blown open our hearts and made us get closer in all of these ways. And we were just, just fully acknowledging that and like how much we loved it and how much gratitude we had for this little soul. And then that was the night that I felt the soul did leave. Um, And after that, the next morning I woke up and I did not feel pregnant anymore. And when I put my hand on my belly, I just didn't feel like there was life anymore. Mm. And, uh, and it was so clear though, when I thought about that, that, it that was why the spirit had come it was like we got to this point where we were had our hands on the belly and we were just saying love and gratitude love and gratitude and acknowledging all the lessons and like that was that was it that was the thing mm-hmm. that this soul had come for do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it was had like fo- my work here is done yeah yeah and mm-hmm. um and then i started bleeding more heavily and then due to it still took a while before, uh, about a week after that, the bleeding kind of like, ex- you know, got heavier into the point of like what felt like labor contractions. And then I felt it all come out like that night. And uh, and what day was that? How many days had you been bleeding? That was about one week after I started bleeding. One week. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and the next morning I had an ultrasound and I had been trying to get an ultrasound for so long, but due to this stupid insurance, insurance glitches, I like couldn't get an ultrasound or like medical help, which is a whole nother thing. Like the, the doctors made me cry. They were the only time I cried was trying to schedule with the bureaucratic, (laughs) um, rat's nest of, you know, medical system slash insurance. Totally. I remember talking to you that day, Amber, crying. Um, but yeah, so that that just even scheduling with them was like completely infuriating but i finally had got my she's talk about divine timing because it finally got this ultrasound and it was for wednesday morning and it was on tuesday night that uh it, it it all i felt it all came out and i had like almost like a labor and delivery situation where i was like really you know in pain um cuz before it was never really that much pain uh and then 
But I, I was so happy because I, my ultimate, I kind of knew I was having a miscarriage during the time that the bleeding was like kind of getting worse. I just knew, I just knew in my heart, I didn't feel pregnant anymore. I lost my pregnancy symptoms. I didn't, my, my boobs didn't hurt anymore. Mm. Um, so I just knew, I knew completely, but, um, you know, because sometimes they want to do a procedure on you when you have a miscarriage that's called a DNC where they, they like cut out, you know, they take out the the baby and like the lining of the uterus. And I did not want to have that, you know, just because just doctors already freak me out and whatever. I was hoping to just go natural. So the fact that the baby released naturally on Tuesday night, the right before the ultrasound was so awesome because at the ultrasound, they were able to confirm that it had, had all cleared and that, you know, they did not need to do the DNC. So I'm just grateful for the divine timing of that too. And was, and when you passed, did, did it just look like a little blood clot or how were you yes. certain? So, that, yeah. um, okay. So it was like intensifying labor contractions and I was sitting on the toilet. Sorry, this is too much information, but I'm just going to, because oh, no, when we all sit on the toilet, when fine. you have the labor, you know, when you're in labor, you feel like you want to sit on the toilet because like, that's yeah. where you could just release everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's where I was sitting and, uh, the, I had just put the kids to sleep and I was like lying down and I could not find a comfortable position. My back was hurting. So I went and um so this is like legit labor not not like obviously 100% labor but yeah. it you, it was symptoms of labor symptoms of labor I'd say it was like 10% Mild. Of, like 10% of a real labor Wow. Where okay. it, it, like this is this ain't no thing compared to like a real labor Oh god but no. yeah. um but basically my back hurt for like couple 10 minutes I went sat on the toilet and like I I was having these like labor like contractions where I felt like my stomach would hurt and then at during one of them I felt like like the gel the something jelly like release oh the mucus plug it was I looked in the toilet and it was like the entire amniotic sac and you could see different things in there but I didn't look too close and then after that release there was like a whole gush of blood that came out Oh, wow. And so, but you know, I, I'm going to say this, I'm again, this is too much, maybe TMI, but one thing that I felt really bad about after was, um, that I flushed it because I felt maybe I should have fished it out and like given it a proper burial. Um, Mm. so I felt bad about that, but I've just already given so much love to like all the little pieces of the physical pieces that are down there somewhere and, um, just releasing the soul and just yeah oh my love and you know I love that you said before that I and I mean I know this so deeply that this little soul has come in dipped its toe and it may be a guide to Milo Maisie like my little one from a miscarriage was you know when I had that session with the baby whisperer which you know if this is really haunting you later on and you can't shake the guilt or the mystery around why this baby came in. You can always have a session with that baby whisperer. Totally. I was totally thinking about that. Yeah. But she, she confirmed that during one of my miscarriages, that little soul is now a guide to Valentine and to Winnie and that her her name's destiny. And she's (laughs) kind of like chilling around as part (laughs) of the family and she wanted to be accepted as part of the family. So just, you know, reflecting back on your process, like that little soul can still be with you. Oh yeah. Or or, you know, may have moved on and and picked some other family, but it's not the end. I, no. I think that, you know, we're so attached to the human form and just because we see that, say, go down the toilet 
it doesn't really mean much because you know the spirit has moved on Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that that was just a vessel for a moment. And I could feel the spirit when I was after the spirit had passed and I knew it wasn't in my body anymore. And I was like meditating upon the spirit. I could feel it. I could sense where it was in the room. I actually had a weird situation today that made me think of that spirit because I was just thinking of it as I was thinking of the spirit and getting emotional about it, thinking about recording this podcast. I go downstairs and my front door is just like wide open, which is really weird because that that's, Especially for you, you've got like oh, yeah. dead, I have like dead bolts all yeah. over every window and door. Yeah. That's very it's, strange. And I, when I saw it, I was like, I felt like chills down my spine. It was like weird. And did you get the shotgun? Yeah, I did. I, I don't, yeah, I took the, do- I grabbed the dog and went through every single room in the house with like a freaking steak knife. Yeah, there's no one there. There was no one there at all. And the dog already knew there was nobody. You know, he was looking at me like, what? Like not even freaked out at all, but Wow. And so did, did you have an inkling? Did you have an inkling if the spirit was a little boy or girl? I have the inkling that it was a boy and that Me I had too. and that I had a blockage around having a boy due to my circumcision situation, which is that mm-hmm. I don't want to have another c- circumcision. Although I think Jesse might be at a place where he'd be willing to not have it if we had another boy. Um, in the future, because we are going to try, I think, I think we are going to try at some point when our life really? is a, like a little better and calms down you for see, a third. Yeah. Okay. All right. That blows my mind because you were always, 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 always done, 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 done. There is no way I'm going through that whole pregnancy situation and the yeah. trauma around birthing. And then yeah. you're such an anxious person as yeah. well, even though that's getting better, we're yeah. healing that. But I feel like even parenting has been like really stressful for you. Yeah. And so the idea, you know, I think that's what's happening, babe. I think part of this journey, part of one of the many lessons this little creature has activated within you is the concept that maybe your family isn't done yet. Maybe you do have room for more. Maybe you are capable of going through it again. And you probably never would have had that realization unless you were so close to that being a reality. Exactly. That is, is so, so true. And not only that we could have another kid and that it could be okay, but that having another kid could actually heal a lot of the wounds that I was carrying. Do you know what I mean? And to have a mm. different experience than what I've had and to actually trust God and universe slash universe versus like, feel like I need to exert the ego control. Cause I, I do feel with my first two, I was I was far more in the ego consciousness of like needing a boy, wanting it to go this way, wanting a home birth, wanting, wanting, wanting what my ego wanted. You know what I mean? But this whole like last pregnancy has really just like forced me to trust, 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 you know, and Mm -hmm. not have that ego attachment. So And naturally starting to rewrite your story around pregnancy, around birth, around partnership, around parenting, around all of it. This yeah. is such a healing on such a deep level on such. all aspects of your life. It is. And I feel this little spirit like healed me. I feel this spirit came and healed me. I actually feel good. Even during the whole miscarriage process, I actually felt good. And that was the final gift of like how great the spirit was for me and for my body is like, I actually feel more balanced, more happy, more deeply, so deeply grateful. Like the the amount of gratitude that I've experienced since this whole thing, since knowing that it was a miscarriage, I've just experienced like 
profound gratitude on a level that I knew was like intellectually possible, but I I have only for flashes in my life been able to achieve. And now it's been on and been able to stay with me for like a long period of time, just because I'm so grateful for, for example, my two children that are alive. Like Mm. the fact that this has blown open my heart, the fact that we have this, you know, angel baby in the sky going to be our spirit guide now. And just like, just for my home and for, for, for everything, for like every single little spring blossom that like pops up and just I just have Mm. like so much gratitude Mm. and that is what the spirit has left me with is just just so much faith and so much trust in in God and the universe and just so much gratitude you know and and realization like the fragility of life as well and I guess that's where that gratitude comes from and also gratitude that gratitude that even if the thing you don't want to happen, and that's why we titled it this, it's like, even if it's the thing you don't want, even if the baby inside you dies, it's still, if you trust the process and you trust the universe and that it's still, it, it can bring you so many blessings. And, and even my greatest fear would be losing a child. Okay. That would be like my greatest fear. But to, to, to even on this level, it's not quite like losing an actual living child, but it's still like something that you made, which is your child died, you know? So just even facing that and walking through it and seeing how, how the universe has held my hand through this and made it be so beautiful. Like I just have so much gratitude that even when it's not what I want, that it could be this beautiful. Mm, But only when you fully trust and remember that moment where you surrendered to it and you let go and you trust it in the divine orchestration. It's almost like the true destiny for the soul and for this journey just revealed itself and completed its cycle. Totally. And and we are going to definitely, you know, name this baby um, and have it be a part of of our family, really, like you said, because I feel that it deserves a name and it deserves to have, you know, to not be forgotten and to be acknowledged for for what it, it is. I saw you move from total fear and mistrust and just rejection to something so massive to completely stepping up into this newfound position in your life as mother of three. Oh, sorry, that, that's Winnie. Um, and f- I mean, even I was struggling to accept this for you. And I saw you go, <laughs> you, you know like, what? I don't want to accept this for you on your behalf. <laughs> I mean, I, no. <laughs> no, because I was putting, well, I was putting myself in your shoes and I was battling with it so hardcore. But when you, when I spoke to you just before you had the miscarriage and you're like, you know what? I can do this. I can do it. I'm capable. This is a blessing. I'm going to do everything differently. I have a new surge of positivity and trust around this. I got this. I got off the phone to you and I'm like, oh my God, Jenna, stepping up, stepping up to rewrite the story of how you can be in life and walking away from this whole situation now, knowing the outcome, don't you think that you feel more capable than ever before that you can handle anything life throws at you? Just when you think like, oh, I can't, I'm too fragile, or your story around anxiety or your story around parenthood being too much or whatever, don't you think you're now fully capable to handle anything? God, I, I hope so. I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but, but oh, yeah, yeah true. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling really, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I do. I feel pretty good. And I just, uh, the, the goodness comes from just my trust, like so much trust in the divine and in divine timing and just really 
trust that I feel so, uh, that's what makes me feel so good. Mm. Wow. Such a huge lesson that we usually only find out <laughs> a hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for the reminder. And how, how did Jesse cope with the miscarriage? You know, it was, it was really sweet. He, he really stepped up a lot uh, during this process and he was sad. He was sad, I think about the miscarriage and he, um, he was just, he really tried to bless his heart. He really tried to evolve and to shift his behavior patterns around some of the ways he deals with me when I'm going through like pain or a difficult situation and just in being emotionally supportive. Like he, he really has been trying and succeeding to like step it up for me and for our relationship and to, it's really just showing me like how much he, he cares uh, about our family and he's like willing to do anything. Wow. Such an incredible awakening. Go Jesse. Yes. I know. So stepping up. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's been what an incredible story, Jenna. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing such a vulnerable, such a huge, you know, happening in one's life with us all. Thank you. I'm happy to have the forum to to share this and to to just remember that little one that was in me and just give it the respect and the airtime that it deserves. Oh my gosh. So incredible. Sorry, Winnie just pooped and burped at the same time. Just <laughs> oh, on babies. my lap. Just just tell babies, just reminding us all. Well, I just want to honor that little spirit and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming into your life and just blessing you guys and activating that deep sense of gratitude and that deep sense of trust and reminding me as well through your journey that it's all perfect and we're being divinely guided and we can step up and handle anything just like Jenna did, my role model. And you're my role model because Amber, you also handled your miscarriages with so much grace. It was it was an inspiration to me during this time. So you too, mm. shout out to I you. Love you. Love you too. Uh, right. Is there anything well, else before yeah. we do an invitation? Oh, I was going to say that we have an invitation, but I guess that we both arrived there at the same time. Great. Okay. Have you got it? Sure. Okay, so our, our invitation today is, <clears throat> what is something that has happened to you in your life where you experienced an unwanted outcome? Can you reframe this occurrence to deepen your faith and trust in the universe? Like Amber said before, sometimes looking at it, twenty uh, hindsight is only twenty twenty. so looking at it in hindsight can really make you have more trust that it's all happening in divine timing. Beautiful. Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys. And any mamas who are going through something similar, we really just feel for you. Our hearts are there for you. And we really hope that today's episode helps support you and shed some light on the fact that sometimes what looks like imperfection is really perfection and the perfect outcome. So if you love today's episode, we would really appreciate that you support us by leaving a comment, um, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. We do read every comment and are so grateful for your support. So that's it for today. We love you guys. Have an incredible week and we will feel you with us in another two weeks time. Lots of love. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.